Welcome back to the program of the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on, moving into hour number three. Glad to have you on board today. Talk a little NFL, a little bit of draft. Bring in our guy, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. PFF underscore Mike. You can see his stuff there. Uh, now joining us on the hotline. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, you have, uh, well, would you call the combine four days of darkness? <laughs> if you've come out of the combine with more enlightenment or something like that? Uh, I, I don't think it's quite as enlightening as what Aaron went through, but you know, it, it's in the same vein. Um, so let's start with, uh, with the Rogers stuff. Um, you hear many different things when it comes to what the value is. You tell me what is the value for Aaron Rodgers if indeed he goes to New York? I think they're going to get a first rounder. Now, I, I do I do see New York's point where it's like they're not really bidding against too many other teams right now. But from the Packers' perspective, you know it's cheaper for them this upcoming season to keep Aaron Rodgers. You know they're going to eat a ton of cap to deal him, and you know. They're still a team that was on the precipice of the playoffs last year. So if they bring Aaron Rodgers back and prove this roster a little bit, like they could win the North, feasibly be, you know, a contender in a weak NFC. So they're not beholden to, you know, Aaron Rodgers' wishes to be, you know, elsewhere if they don't want to be. So from their perspective, they can kind of hold out to the bitter end. And I still still think they get a first because from the Jets' perspective, who else are they going to get? They, they have no right. one. They, they have no one with a great roster that could be in a Super Bowl sort of window, they have no one else that they could feasibly get that makes sense. So let's talk about the the draft prospects. And if, say, the Packers do get the Jets' 13th pick, they'll have the 15th pick. Give me what you think the Packers should do with it. I think they're in a great spot to go anywhere they want. You know, they have a lot of, I guess, holes at premium-ish positions they could go defensive line they can go wide receiver they can go offensive line uh, in this class the way it's kind of shaking out i think they're going to have their choice of possibly you know if they do get that pick 13 they could have their choice of the top receiver on the board this year I, i'm not sure there's anyone really before them drafting that has a desperate wide receiver need and we'll see you know anytime you're not in the quarterback market it's always good to be in a good quarterback class so i think four quarterbacks would be off the board meaning with that pick 15 you'll get a top 10 or so position player in the draft. So uh, I think my ideal would be someone like a Jackson Smith, a Jigbo or Quentin Johnston, the wide receivers from Ohio state and TC respectively, just another playmaker for Jordan love to basically give him no excuse. Cause you, you have to find out what you have in Jordan love pretty much immediately. If you do trade away Aaron Rodgers. So they, to me, they've got needs. They need depth on the offensive line. They've got uh, a need on the defensive front. Obviously, another wide receiver, tight end, safety. If indeed Adrian Amos, which we assume is gone, is gone. So, what is the priority in your eyes? I think wide receiver one, and then defensive line two. Just, and I say defensive line just because. The talent along the defensive line is where you find it in the first round. The impact players, the Rashawn Garrett, you know, it's difficult to get high-end talent just because, you know, it's a, such a traits-based position that it's easy to see, hey, here are the guys who are 6'5 with 34-inch arms and can run 4'5. You know, those guys mm -hmm. are the ones that make an impact at the next level. So that's where I'd be looking if I was the Packers, and especially in this class where there's a number of, like, traitsy dudes like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, like Miles Murphy from Clemson that really fit their mold. 
Uh, I know some have talked about uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the offensive line position. So uh, the kid out of Northwestern uh, that a lot of people, uh, Skaronsky that people are talking about, give me your thoughts. He's my favorite tackle in this draft, his favorite overall offensive lineman. He very much reminds me of, say, uh, a Zach Martin coming out. I'm not going to say he's you know going to be an elite guard or whatever, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but that's just you know you're getting a darn good player. Now, short arms for a tackle, but it didn't really matter on his Northwestern tape when he saw it, and there are tackles around the NFL with his exact arm length playing at a high level. Braden Smith in Indy is uh, the one who comes to mind who has the same arm length and is you know one of the highest-paid right tackles in the NFL. So you can succeed with that, and to me, Skronsky had much better tape than Braden Smith ever did coming out. So uh, I think he's the safest player uh, along the offensive line, and that's kind of you know how the Packers trend when they do draft offensive linemen. It's not the big, burly people movers. It's the guys who are light in their feet, and to me, that's Peter Skronsky. Uh, we're talking with Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Mike. You can find him there. The uh, The big story was Jalen Carter and what happened to him. And we, we don't know what uh, all is going to transpire and what is and isn't going on behind closed doors. Certainly teams are going to do their due diligence. But give me your thoughts on Jalen Carter. Would you take a chance on him if, say, some of this, if not all of it, is, is I don't want to say cleared up because that's d- demeaning to what's actually happened. But would you take a chance on him? Or is there just a lot of baggage there that w- is just too uncertain? Yeah, I mean, the charges levied against him, though, at the moment are not of a variety that he's you know, going to have to worry about him being you know, in jail or you know, behind bars or that coming up again and being like actually missing time. So obviously we have a month and a half for this to play out, but it would not surprise me if, if he doesn't really fall because talent still talks in the NFL. <laughs> you know, like if we saw it literally last offseason with Deshaun Watson that people are willing to ignore a lot if you are a heck of a football player. And Jalen Carter is a heck of a football player. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. for my money, he's the best you know, non-quarterback in this draft. I think he's better than Will Anderson. His tape at Georgia was just unblockable. And it's just like physically ticks every box you could want. So, And everyone's looking for that interior pressure. So I, it would surprise me, even if all this comes to fruition, it's all true. He gets charged, gets his you know, slap on the wrist by our judicial system. It wouldn't surprise me if someone's still like in the top five, like, you know, I'm going to draft them because I want to win football games. What about uh, Michael Mayer coming out of Notre Dame at the tight end? I know there's some people that are high on him. Some people aren't as high on him. Give me your thoughts there. With Mayer, it's just about expectations. Uh, he's never going to be you know, Travis Kelsey. He's just not in that mold. But he's a darn good tight end nonetheless. You know, he's kind of how tight ends looked and produced like 15 years ago. He looks like Jason Witten out there. He's that body type. He's the inline blocker who can just demolish linebackers play after play as a route runner. Like he's that guy who can find space, knows how to get open, then super reliable hands. So, you know, if the Packers leave the first round and he's their first round pick, I wouldn't, I'd be happy as heck as a Packers fan because you got a couple guys in your one, two punch now that are, question marks with their hands and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs like they they are not the reliable they, they're for sure going to haul it in kind of guys I think that's a safe thing to say whereas Michael Mayer on a third down like that's the guy you can go and look for because he, he's not going to drop it if it's within his reach there is not a consensus as to the best wide receiver in this draft but uh, and Jigba certainly seems to be the guy that a lot are talking about. Uh, if he's not the top guy on your board, he's probably number two. Give me your thoughts there. 
Yeah, and Jim is like he's like the Michael Mayer for receivers. Kind of like what I just described. It's like you, you're going to have to admit that he's not going to be a big play threat. But in the Packers offense, like he got those already. So I, I think he might be the perfect fit or like the if there's one guy I want the Packers to leave round one with, it's probably him. Um, because I, he's a great route runner. I, I mean, the guys at Ohio State last year, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, called him the best route runner on that team. And we saw, obviously, how they did as rookies. Um, and just lack of deep speed, which is fine. You can live with that. That's, you know, that's Amon Ross St. Brown. That's Cooper Cup. Those guys produce out of this world because they still get open at will on a certain route tree. So, yeah, to me, that's Jack Smith the Jigba. So if he falls to where the Packers are, I, I would – that's who I'm picking. If the okay, let's go to the offense of the Packers. Let's uh, give me your thoughts. Go back a few years. What did you have? What rating did you have on Jordan Love? Because it was all over the board. Some said he could be as high as the first round. Others said he was a third round guy. Where did you think Jordan Love fit into the mix coming out of college? Yeah, he was a guy I would have taken middle of day two, kind of where the quarterback started coming off the board last year, where it was like you know the Desmond Ritter. It, it, that's how I felt about him as a prospect. But he, what he did do and what he had was just one heck of an arm, one heck of an athlete, and to me, really good pocket presence was the one thing that was his real calling, calling card where it's like, hey, if you can clean up some of this decision-making, get him you know, in an offense where it gives him more options than what he had, uh, obviously, coming out of college uh, in terms of just like talent around him that there could be something there, but he was a guy, the accuracy and decision-making were concerns kind of like, you know, kind of like maybe like a Will Levis this year, but it's probably a little bit better just in terms of pure pocket presence. So I was, I, there was a guy that's really a lot to fix, but you're three years in and you've seen him fix some of that. So I, I think my opinion on him has improved greatly from just the limited sample size I saw last year. Um, before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, the, uh, the defensive backfield and specifically the safety position. We all know Brian Branch out of Alabama is the guy that pretty much everybody says is the prototypical safety in today's day and age. Is there another one or two that might be there, say, on day two that the Packers could go after that could fortify the position that's going to be left vacant by Adrian Amos? Yeah, it's not a great safety class because it, a lot of like the best safeties in this class, whether it is Branch whether it's Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M, they actually didn't even play safety in college. Those guys were slot cornerbacks. They were not, you know, backing out into single high. They weren't playing quarters, you know, having to read route concepts. They were underneath defenders. So this class doesn't really have a lot of true deeper safeties. There's only really a handful of them. And the ones that there are are guys like Jamie Robinson from Florida State, guys like Christopher Smith from Georgia. They went to the combine and it did not test well. So, so it right. really is a safety class where uh, you might even just wait until you know the fourth round, kind of like I think that's what you know third fourth round. That, that's usually a sweet spot for safeties. That's like where Morgan Burnett came off the board way back when. Where it's like I think that's where I'm looking in this class. First two rounds, I, I just think too many guys are going to get pushed up because there's just not a ton of talent in the class. Mike, I know it's probably the same thing in the offices of Pro Football Focus as it is here, but uh, this whole Aaron Rodgers saga has been just that, a saga. Give me your thoughts on what you think happens, what you guys are talking about, what you guys are hearing. Uh, say where he is going to be, if anywhere, under center come training camp. Yeah, I, I think it's New York. Um, that, that just it makes sense from both perspectives uh, and Rodgers' perspective. You know, if, if, if Favre hadn't have 
gone the exact same route. I think he would have been a jet already, but maybe has taken some, you know, some some talking into to tell him that hey, he's not following the exact same path as Brett, even if he kind of is. So I, I just think that's where he ends up going. It, it would very much surprise me if it's anywhere else. Good stuff. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again soon, specifically as we get close to the draft. Okay. For sure, Bill. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Mike. There you go. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. You can get him at PFF underscore Mike, PFF underscore Mike, and uh, that's good stuff. Hey, by the way, I'm going to give you an update. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about certain subscriptions, and people were saying, ah, just call them up, and they'll, they'll give you deals and such. Um, and I was, uh, I'm going to tell you, because it was my serious subscription, and I had talked about that on the air. I thought, this is ridiculous, between Hulu, Sirius, I mean, I started going through the whole list, and uh, a buddy of mine called me uh, from down in Cincinnati because he's got it as well. And we kind of compared notes, and I was like, whoa. So I want to give you the result of that. I had a couple of people ask me about it, so I'm going to give you the result of that when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. We are getting a, uh, a plethora of fashion statements. <laughs> I don't care. Ben, uh, apparently Crocs in some eyes are okay. Repaired Crocs are not. So I can describe the repairs. Listen, it's nothing major. <laughs> not to get too graphic, but there needed to be duct tape on them for a certain purpose. <laughs> okay. Oh, there you go. So I had don't a question my fashion sense. I'll tell you this. I, I won. I didn't buy it, but I won a Hermes belt uh, recently. And uh, I put it on. I was wearing it. And Kristen's like, when the hell did you buy that? Those things started a grand. I'm like, nah, I want it. I want it in, at a, uh, at a, you know, uh, one of the charity auctions we went to. So I only only bid a couple hundred bucks on it. And I didn't think I'd win it. And I'd won it. it was a, I looked, and it's the, uh, the, I don't know, gourmet belt buckle reversible leather strap thing, whatever the hell it is. But it was, I looked at it. I'm like, Ah, it's probably a belt, uh, you know, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks tops, and uh, no, it's nine hundred and eighty bucks for the for a belt, for, the, for a belt. Oh and God, like, holy! Get out of here! You can yeah. get a belt that looks just like that for forty five dollars, right? Guarantee it, right? That's but something I, I never spend money on. I won that at I, you know where I go. Oddly enough, I'm I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, God, uh, there's a, a men's. Well, it's really a. a clothing store it's in um Viroqua. i i buy belts every time i go there they're the they're like western leather but they're really nice belts and they're fashionable every time i go there i buy two belts every time i buy two belts now i've got so many belts i don't know what to do with it and they're they're not expensive they're like 25 35 bucks 40 bucks tops but i'm just i, I hate to get into the fashion side of things but i i do every time i go to Viroqua, mr Mr. T's, Mr. B's, Mr. P's. I can't remember what the hell it is, but it's right there on Main Street. I, every time I go there, I buy belts. Do a lot. There you go. Anything else before we move on? Well, I was mm, I was debating explaining why my Crocs are under repair, but I think I'm going to leave that aside. <laughs> okay. Just if, if anybody's right. ever had poison oak, then you know what I'm talking about. 
What? It's like a poison ivy derivative. It's the same okay. concept. I don't know if it grows out here. I was up in Canada. Yeah, poison ivy, poison oak, yes. It, and, oh, so you put it on there because you got it on your feet? I had it on my feet, and usually when you have some sort of rash or whatever, you try to you try to air it out, right? You try to put it out in the sun. I did that. The one thing you can't do with poison oak is put it out in the sun. So it got oh, okay. got bad. So then I had to cover all the holes on the Crocs with duct tape, which kind of defeated the purpose of the Croc part. So then I took the duct tape off, and there's still remnants of it everywhere. Oh, you're so what you're saying is you were so committed to the Crocs. You, had, you couldn't wear anything else. You had to cover up the holes. That's yeah. how committed you were to Crocs. I mean, I was out. I, I was up in the woods, and you and you're wearing boots all day, carrying canoes yeah. and stuff, and a lot of work. The one thing you want to do when you get to camp at night is to put on comfortable shoes. Okay. So that's why I had the Crocs there, but the sun couldn't get through. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. People reacting on the live stream. I love it. Oh, for the for the love of God, Ben. We need to be sponsored by Crocs now. I don't need them, but for God's sakes, oh, we need a new I'm pair so of Crocs in. for Ben. Bill, I was yeah. at a thrift store one time in Vermont, and yeah. they had Crocs, but right at where it usually goes up to the strap. Or yeah. imagine boat shoes. But right? the bottom half is a crock, but it ties. Like if you cut boat shoes in half and put the bottom of a crock on it. Oh my God. That's They're incredible. <laughs> that's just, that's, yeah. Mike Clemens is on hold, by the way. Is he really? Thank God. Thank God. Oh my God. I feel like I've been kicked right in the beans. I'm, I'm breathless now at this point. Uh, by the way, Marquette had clinging to a one-point lead, 57-56. They climbed back after being down by double digits. And with just over a minute to go in the contest over St. John's, they have uh, a 57 Now it's uh, 52.2 seconds remaining, 57-56 at Madison Square Garden. Let's bring in Mike Clemens to get sense and sensibility to the damn program and kind of go from there. Michael, how you doing? Okay. You know, I'm listening to the listeners and their frustrations that you know, in the last three or four years, how come Brian Goodikins couldn't put together a roster that ensured the Aaron Rodgers era could get back to a Super Bowl? Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the way he carries himself and people on in line calling him a diva and that kind of thing. And so I just thought I'd offer a perspective and, and give you, you know, my latest timeline on what's happened up here, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, in January... Uh, the GM and the head coach were saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, we still think he gives us the best chance to win. Uh, we're still excited about uh, Jordan Love. And then about a month goes by, and Aaron, you know, goes on a darkness retreat and goes through his process. And, you know, let's just all keep that all legit. And man can do whatever he wants to. Uh, but maybe he's not calling them back, and they were hoping that they could get something, get some word from him before they head into the combine. So the coaching staff stays in Green Bay, and that really looks more and more like because they don't want the Packers' office to say anything 
I know that Mark Murphy was in, the, in Indianapolis last week, for sure. Uh, but Gudikins talked to us, and when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, haven't heard from him. When we do, we need to communicate some things to make sure that this is a good fit for him, which means we're going to move on. We're going to make some changes. I'm going to – now, this is speculation on my part, but that starts with the free agency. You know, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, these guys are free agents. We're not bringing them back. Um, maybe other kinds of changes, maybe things in the schedule. Or and, – and then when you ask him about Jordan Love, he says Jordan Love is an NFL starter. He needs to play. He's ready. So now what Gutekinds has done is setting up into the combine week when you got Derek Carr being shopped around from two or three different teams and teams inquiring about, so what's going on with Rodgers? You know, Gutekinds has set himself up to say, look, if, if the Hall of Famer wants to come back, that's fine, but he's coming back with my plan, not his, and he's going to have to agree to that, and he's going to have to restructure his contract because we can't take all $60 million of it. But um, I've also done my job that this day was going to come at some point where Aaron Rodgers would no longer be a Green Bay Packer, and we just spent three years vested in Jordan Love. And so the next question is to stop the tape right there. Okay, when you run one of these teams, especially in the Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson School of GM, you're supposed to go by the numbers. How do these guys score out? And that's an interesting question. So are you trying to tell me that Jordan Love actually outscores Aaron Rodgers in their own team scouting reports from what you see in practice and all that kind of thing, the experience and all that? Maybe. Hey, maybe, you know, when you score Jordan in terms of his speed with his legs, velocity, you know, the passing. Although personally, after watching Jordan every snap last spring and in the summer, when Rodgers showed up, there's no comparison. There's no comparison maybe in the league to some of those touch passes that Rodgers still has. But, of course, in-game, you know, what's with the field of vision and, and somebody missing some plays? And, you know, and, you could, and as you've pointed out, too, it, it just looked like he was a step slower. So, you know, it's that apples and oranges comparison they've got to make in terms of who's their best candidate in Green Bay for 2023 at quarterback. Uh, and... Then the next situation is, yeah, these free agents and all that. And I started thinking about that today. It's like, I wonder if Randall Cobb wants to come back. And just as we're looking around to see if there's any word, if he's even interested, you know, you see this one story today that the Jets released the wide receiver, Braxton Berrios, and already the New York people are thinking, oh, you know, here, here Rogers is already trying to make room to bring in some of his guys from right. Green Bay, right? Right. And so that's that's a real interesting situation. I think this is speculation on my part. I think that come this Monday, isn't it interesting that the story that the Jets are now talking to Aaron Rodgers did not happen until Derek Carr was either offered or accepted the offer from the Saints, mm-hmm. not the Jets, not the Panthers. And it wasn't only until after that happened, the next page is turned and suddenly the Jets are now very interested in contacting Aaron Rodgers and I have a feeling that this could be at a point where Rodgers is still like I don't know if I want to be a player who wants to make me you know an offer and the Packers saying hey listen you know the Jets want to talk to you 
we've given them permission. So then the Jets fly in and they make their presentation. And this is very appealing to Aaron. To play again with Nathaniel Hackett, I think he'd love to resurrect that guy's career. And then can he get some of these other concessions? I mean, how much does, would he have to restructure for the Jets or how much would they absorb of his contract, all that kind of stuff? I think he trusts Robert Salah as a defensive coordinator, maybe even you know better than Joe Barry. And you know, then he's got to have questions about what kind of pass protection am I going to get? What's what's your offensive line look like, and what are some of the other weapons? And tell me about what you think you could do with with receiver. Are there ideas you got for free agency? I'm sure those are all the kinds of questions that came up over two days of face-to-face meetings. That they've got, you know, photos of these guys. I mean, there's some people that don't believe any <laughs> any of this. Right. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Woody. And uh, Robert Salah and Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, these guys all came out of a meeting with them that they've got photos of it. Later, Rogers was spotted by just some customer, some some citizen, to snap a picture of him in, in a parking lot. So he's out and about getting a, a latte or something like that. And these are all run in the newspapers. So I think where it sits right now is I think Rogers is still trying to decide if he wants to be a player. And he may not have even talk to the, Goodikins until he tells Goodikins, yeah, I'm a player. I want to come back and play again this year before Goodikins even has to reveal what that's going to look like if Aaron Rodgers wants to come back this year in Green Bay. Isn't that kind of innately wrong if he's talking to another team, but yet he still has not even told Goodikins whether or not he even wants to come back? Wrong on Aaron's part. Um, or wrong no, on the just, Packers' part. Well, wrong on Aaron's part. I mean, you know, you you at this point in time, you know, he said he when he came out of the retreat, he was going to you know let people know and such. And we're not up to free agency yet, admittedly, but there are so many dominoes that need to fall, and they all revolve around Aaron Rodgers. At what point do you go, Aaron? Come on, man. You know, because I know that he can go all the way to June first and say I'm retiring, and then they can split that money up, but. You know, there, there's 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 the Jets that are on the on the fence. There's the Packers that are on the fencers. You know, it's it's what tomorrow is going to make his decision as opposed to today. You know what uh, I mean? Well, uh, in terms of convenience, it probably would have been better better if Aaron had made up his mind if he's a player and to talk to the Packers. Maybe this happened. I don't think so. Not according to what Gutekinds told us. Straight face. Right. But I think, and I think that was part of the frustration of the Packers, and for Mark Murphy to say nothing on Saturday when he had his the opportunity in his monthly column, uh, nothing about the Rogers status or situation. So then you get into the combine week, and you know, frankly, I think the teams wanted to do the way it turned out. We knew that Derek Carr was a free agent because he'd been released, and so you know, you went through that a 31-year-old quarterback, and I think the Jets. Hey, if Derek Carr had either been offered or accepted an offer from the Jets, this thing would be over with in terms of the New York Jets because they'd have a 31-year-old. And they seem like they still want to give Zach Wilson another swing to watch and, you know, a better person to play off of. But, you know, obviously the the owners, the Johnsons, think, hey, we've got a good coach and a good team here. All we needed was a damn quarterback, uh, you know, to have gotten into the least get into the playoffs. 
So then they move on to pay, you know, plan B, which is, all right, let's bring in 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers and whatever his demands are going to be. But certainly Zach Wilson could watch that. And that gives us more time, you know, to think about if, it, if Zach has got a chance to learn from Rodgers or do we have to draft another quarterback now or later um, when Rodgers is done after a year or two. But for, for the Jets, right now, Aaron Rodgers looks like a, like a good fit. Him and Hackett, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to bring Tom Clements along with him from Green Bay, if that's another one of his demands. Um, but, you know, it, it, that looks like a good fit for Zach Wilson to watch Aaron Rodgers for a year and for Rodgers to, you know, use what they've got for weapons there, you know, and win a majority of ball games and slip in as a wild card playoff team or, or whatever. Actually, you know, that's kind of a weak division. It could be, could do even better. Who knows? Right. Hey, Mike, you, you, we're up against a break. You got a couple more minutes? Sure. Hang in there. We got uh, Mike Clemens on the line. We are uh, chatting with him, and uh, we're going to continue on. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.